0: This is The Overreaction, where we have open discussions about birth stories, fertility journeys, loss, life as a birth worker, and so, so much more. I'm your host, Ashton Scott. You can check out the episode description to find some show notes with links to our guests' social medias and where you can find them, as well as a link to our own Instagram, where you can send a DM to submit Your story, so that you can join us on this podcast and on this journey of building connection and community with people who are in the same boat as you. Enjoy the episode. Hi, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here at the Overreaction this week. I'm also really excited to share this conversation that I had with Riley Barron of Baby Steps Canada. We chat about her journey to becoming a birth doula and the incredible support system that she has behind her, and we also talk about something that's very near and dear to mine and Riley's hearts, and that is creating inclusive spaces in this work. So using inclusive language and and being gender-affirming and in the really important levels of this of this work and where that sort of ties in. Her content on Instagram is incredible, especially on this topic. So don't forget to check the description to go and connect with her and check that out. We also do this really cool little Q&A. Um, she put out a little text box to her followers. And so we talk a lot about becoming a doula and also what it looks like to run your business as a doula. So Riley is um, a great source of information on this, and we both come from different backgrounds where she works as an independent doula and I work with an agency. And so we both provide some context and answer these questions. And I'm really grateful to you, Riley, for, for putting out that question box and um yeah, I think that conversation in so many ways, this conversation is so valuable and amazing. and I'm really grateful. And I will stop talking so that you can dive in and and listen to this greatness. So this is yes and with Riley Barron. Hello, Riley. Hello. How are you today? Uh, very good. How are you? I'm doing well, I'm excited to chat with you. Um, Why don't you start us off by introducing yourself?
1: Yeah, hi everybody. My name is Riley, Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I am a certified birth and postpartum doula, owner of Baby Steps Canada. So I work primarily out of Calgary, Alberta, which is in Canada for anybody in in America listening. And then I do virtual doula work also across Canada as well.
0: Very cool, very cool. So why don't we jump straight into you and what sort of brought you here? I know you uh, had experience getting your nursing diploma. Why don't you tell us about that and sort of what your focus ended up being?
1: Yeah. So when I was in high school, I really wanted to be a midwife. I discovered that job and I was like, that, that's the job for me, which also I think a lot of doulas find they're like, Ooh, midwifery, that looks cool. Um, So I started looking kind of into what that schooling path would be like while I was in high school and applying for post-secondary and quickly realized that the only school in Alberta where I'm in, that's our province, kind of like a state for you guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, The only school in Alberta accepted 14 students a year into the program. So very competitive program. And so I knew like 17 years old, I'm a high school student. The chance of me getting into this program is rather slim. So what I decided instead to do was to go to school for practical nursing, which is a two and a half year program. And so I ended up doing that. And I got to do my final practicum placement in obstetrics and gynecology with a focus on like high risk. So I got to be in clinic working with all of that. So I got to run IUD clinics, which was really fun and also slightly barbaric to watch, but really interesting, like learning path. Mm. It was really cool for that reason. And I got to do all of the maternity like assessments. So when someone comes in and they're pregnant, getting to do like the Leopold's maneuvers and measuring fundal height and asking about how things are going and fetal kick count and all of that stuff working alongside the doctors. So that was really fun. So that was the clinic part. And then the rest of the final practicum was in acute care, specifically gynecology, oncology and surgery. So dealing with those cases as well.
0: Yeah that sounds really interesting and definitely I definitely resonate with the like knowing that you want to be in the birth space and then sort of starting sort of starting with what you know which for me was okay I guess I'll be an OB and then it kind of trickled into that doesn't fit so we'll explore midwifery and I was like (laughs) I does <laughs> not quite fit either. And then <laughs> we just seem to sort of land in the doula role. Like it just, it finds us. Um, oh, so, it does. Yeah. So what brought the doula role to you? What made you transition to that side of things?
1: Yeah. So after school, so what I learned in nursing school was that I don't love being like on the medical side of it like being that person who walks into a room being like okay somebody could be crashing right now there's something really big going on also not being able to have the same ability to like emotionally connect with your patients because there's a lot of professional boundaries you have to put in place and guard your heart as well so not being able to connect being afraid that you're going to be responding to an emergency all the time wondering what happens after you clock out at the end of the day you don't know what happens to that person they go on with their journey and you just have to let it go so those were all things about nursing that i personally couldn't wrap my head around and cope with so i decided to just leave it where it was after graduation and just move on and so i decided to become a nanny again i feel like a very common doula path is to just become a nanny same so (laughs) Yeah. Every time I talk to a duo, they're like, oh yeah, I wanted to be a midwife. And then somehow I became a nanny. And then here I am. I'm like, yeah, same. (laughs) (laughs) We all like hit the
0: checkpoints.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I know. Right. It's just like these common, like little paths that just like, oop steer you this way, oop steer you this way. So (laughs) it happened to me too. So I ended up becoming a nanny. I figured it was one of those things where I was incredibly qualified to do with a diploma in nursing. And I would find a job rather easily because someone's like, oh, great. You have medical background. I will leave my children with you. Mm -hmm. I was like, great. So, and I did, I found a really great family and worked with them for a year, which they only needed me for. And then I was like, okay, I don't think I'm quite done with this. So then I found another family and I've been with them for five and a half years now. So a really long time. And I just, you know, at some point, you know, you're not going to be a nanny forever. It's a beautiful job in the moment, but you're like, okay, but what now? And so when the pandemic happened, I was talking with my sister and she was like, oh, you should be a doula. I was like, what, what the heck is that? And she explained it to me and I was like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. And I'd kind of already done it before when I attended a friend's birth, she asked me to be her doula, which at the time I was like, I don't really know what that is, but I have a diploma in nursing. I worked at the farmer's market with her. So she's like, you speak medical, you speak hippie, so you can be my doula. I was like, cool, I guess it's like a birth partner, sure. And so I did that and I completely forgot about it until the pandemic, when my sister brought it up again. And I was like, oh, actually I really enjoyed that. And so then I started like looking into it and then my mom is the best mom ever. And I was literally driving and I was on the phone with her And she was like, I found you a program. And she started reading out all like the program outline, the price, um, all of like the details of it and like comparing it to other programs. And she's like, I think this one is for you, Riley. And I was like, okay, mom. And she sent me all the links and then I saved up the money and I signed up. So my mom basically (laughs) found me the program because she was like, please just go into your passion. Like steer the ship. Come on. So she- Uh So she and my sister together, like over the course of a weekend, convinced me that this was obviously the career I needed to do.
0: Oh, I love the support. Yes, that's amazing. That's so, Mm -hmm. yeah. So now in this fully blossomed doula role, um, you, so when I first came across your page, your talk of inclusivity and, um, importance of language in the birth space and, um, Kind of the love and care that goes into making your practice inclusive really caught my eye. Um, Mm,
1: Thank you. Would
0: you like to share a bit about that and why
1: it's important to you in your practice and why it's important in the world? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's such a huge topic that you can come at from so many viewpoints. Mm -hmm. So I guess my journey through inclusivity in my birth work um, I'm the L in LGBTQ so obviously a queer community is my community they're very important to me and so i knew walking into birth work that that was something that i wanted to show up and i wanted to represent and i wanted to include into that so really natural progression for me to to say we need to be inclusive that's just how it's going to be and so i started talking about it openly and online quickly realized that it's a bit of a hot topic Mm -hmm. did not know that beforehand but figured it out eventually um through just comments and other people's posts it's like oh apparently this is a touchy one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I started kind of being like well what's that about why is this so hard to wrap people's head around so uh, it's like a long journey but eventually realizing I think A lot of people hear inclusive language, such as like birthing person or chest or body feeding or postpartum person, like we're doing that. And they see it as a no statement and an erasure of women because Mm -hmm. saying, oh, you're not a mother, you're a birthing person, that's what it sounds like to people. Or no, you're not breastfeeding, you're chest feeding or body feeding, or no, you're not a woman, you're a pregnant person, these things. And absolutely, that is a complete erasure to say that to create this no statement of no, this is not your identity. No, that is not valid. You have to accept these terms instead. That's totally unacceptable. And that's not what inclusivity is. Mm -hmm. Inclusivity is a yes and statement. And it's saying, yes, "Yes, you're a birthing person and you're a woman Mm -hmm. and you're a mother and maybe you're a father and maybe you're a surrogate. And maybe you're one of the mothers or and 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 whatever it is. So it's a yes and statement so that we can create an umbrella term where everybody gets to be included into that. And it also just makes it a lot simple and a lot less more like a lot less confusing
0: mm-hmm.
1: for especially us birth workers, nurses, doctors, midwives, doulas, the whole shebang when we're talking specifically about our work to be able to say oh the birthing person or you know whatever it is because we're talking specifically about a biological process that we're supporting and we're talking about it vaguely we're not talking about anybody in particular in those moments so being able to have an inclusive word that we can use and then everybody gets to choose their individual terms and identities that feel good for them and feel authentic Um, because your ability to birth a baby or grow a baby or feed a baby is not necessarily always synonymous with your identity or your role. So that's kind of like the whole shebang on inclusive language is it's just a wider term so that nobody gets erased from the conversation. Everybody's included. And then you get to pick individually with your care providers within your family. What are the terms that you want to use to define yourself within this part of your life? And so yeah, that's kind of inclusivity for me in a nutshell. So I'm excited for people to get on the train and realize that we need to do it.
0: Yes, oh my gosh. Beautifully said in every way. I, this is, that is exactly what drew me into your Instagram page initially which by the way will be linked in the description so go check out the content because you put out incredible content especially around this topic and yeah I think it's so beautifully said yes and yes mother and yes Mm -hmm. and, and 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 yeah I think that that statement alone is is hopefully going to help bring an understanding to Inclusivity is inclusive of you too. It is not just, like you said, you need to accept these terms and move along. Um, yeah, so beautifully said, I, I love it, I love it so much.
1: Thank you. I also have a series on my Instagram if anybody's curious. Um, I'm specifically focusing on inclusive language and how it includes cis women in particular, since a lot of cis women feel like they're being pushed aside and erased. So I decided to do a focus on actually there are a lot of cis women and a lot of different scenarios where you benefit from inclusive language. So I've done a series on that. I'm continuing to do a series. At some point, I'll stop when I run out of ideas.
0: (laughs) Yes. And uh, yeah, I love I love that series. And again, I love your content. I'm always excited to be scrolling and and see your page pop up because I always know it's going to be valuable and it's going to hit home and it's going to make waves and help people get on the train it's like you're you're waving them on like come on come on come on your seat is here all aboard all aboard <laughs> yeah i i love it and i'm i'm grateful to you to be to have made that such a high point in your work and high point in your um content because it i mean it needs to be it needs to be period thank you that means a lot yeah um yeah so you talked about becoming a doula or or having this sort of brought up throughout the pandemic that's fairly recently and i also know that you put out some like a question box for your followers in preparation for this interview talking about advice for the new doula advice for the new birth worker and you got some really amazing questions come through Why don't we dive into those and get them answered, yeah? Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. All right, so first question, how do you manage business expenses, taxes, and money? It's a big question. I think it's one that most doula trainings, like, jump over and (laughs) move along, and then we're just kind of like,
1: okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's such a... It's like a web of a question because it's definitely not my area of expertise. I'm not mm-hmm. great with business things. Mm-hmm. I became a, I wanted to become a doula because I like the work, not because I wanted to necessarily own a business. So here right. we are, right? Um, <laughs> so this is my advice. Take it with a grain of salt. I could be completely wrong, and then change my entire advice. You know, next month, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but business expenses and everything. So what I've done is open up. A business bank account i think that's important to create like a financial boundary in your life and then being able to run all of your business expenses and profits through your account so that it's easy to track um and then keeping track also of things that are maybe personal expenses like your receipts for your mileage or your kilometers on your car or if you're leasing a car, there's a portion of that that can be written on for tax purposes if you're using that to get to work, um, like for your job, for your business. Um, your phone, because it's a business tool, space in your house even, rent, that could be a, you know, a tax thing. So there's a lot of like things, so keep track of them all. And then my biggest advice is hire an accountant because you don't mm. want to screw up your finances <laughs> and get in a lot of trouble. And, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm learning it day by day, just trying to keep track of everything. And then at the end of the year, just give your whole mess of expenses to your accountant and say, figure it out. (laughs) Help me, teach me that kind of a a thing. And then I'm sure eventually, you know, down the line, you're going to know how to do it. It's going to be second nature and you can do your own taxes and stuff. But just make the investment and hire somebody to help you keep like a financial boundary and that's kind of my biggest advice. Oh, and I think I, somebody I was DMing also was asking about like insurance, like benefits Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You you can get independent like benefit plans that you just pay into monthly. So definitely look into that as your own personal expense so that you're able to track that or not track that, but like, keep up with it. You know what I'm saying? In case you need like a cavity filled or something like that, you, you have something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sort of like, so you are an independent doula and yeah. a lot of doulas are independent doulas. And I think that's sort of where the questions really come into. And like, I am doing this on my own. And I think the majority of us got into this, like you said, because we love the work and not necessarily because we are trying to open a small business and jump in on the, on the business side. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, I primarily work through an agency. So it looks a little bit different for me where I'm an independent contractor. So I have like liability insurance that I give to my agency and um they and then I get paid through an agency. So they kind of handle like the back end stuff. And then when tax season rolls around, I take care of my end of things. So mm. I don't know if there's a preferred way or method, but um either way, I think it's kind of a learning curve, just sort of. Yeah, yeah, you you kind of have to jump in and and learn about it as you go. But I think the advice of hiring an accountant and hiring someone who knows what they're doing is is that's good information and a good tip.
1: Yeah, I don't want to mess with that. I would so much Mm -hmm. rather pay and have the peace of mind. (laughs) Right, right, yes, agreed.
0: Um, Cool, so next question. Do you feel like you need to defend your career choice as a quote unquote real job to people?
1: And if you do, how do you do that? Well, I think from my story and my personal life, no, I don't have to defend my career choice to my loved ones. Obviously, they were like, please do it. Right. (laughs) Right. So I personally haven't encountered that yet. I think if there was going to be somebody who didn't view it as a legitimate career, it would be someone that's not like in my my close network of people. Um, so I think that the way you speak about your work is also really important. So when I speak about my dual work, I'm a business owner. I have clients. I have admin. I have responsibilities. I'm constantly learning. I'm running all these things. This is this is a legitimate career. It is. And the way you speak about it should reflect that it should have the the respect and the weight when you speak about it, that you want it to have, whether that is your career or whether that's a hobby. So if you're treating it like a hobby, then people will see it like a hobby. If you're Mm -hmm. treating it very seriously, people are going to view it as very serious because also most people don't know what doulas are. So you might be their first introduction to what a doula is so you get to set that stage of of how legitimate is this career really so you get to kind of set the tone and then I think if it's loved ones who kind of know what a doula is and know about your career and they're still thinking that it's lesser than or illegitimate in some way or not serious um I feel like talk about boundaries Mm. and respect I don't think that uh, people in your life who truly love you and support you should be putting your passion and your desires under the bus, even if that's not what they would choose. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of decisions that people I love make that I wouldn't make, but those are their decisions to make. And I support them and their decision-making process. I don't think they're an idiot. I just think that they have different information than I do and a different life and different desires. So talking about boundaries and saying, okay, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I have not encountered this either in my personal life or even like strangers who ask what I do there. Mm-hmm. Is, I typically get more of like a, a fascination and uh. will tell me more. And so I think, yeah, it's a really good point of you very often get to set the tone. So set the tone and set it high, like set it, set it well. Um, the only time that i have sort of encountered this is when i was a nanny and i don't know if maybe someone who's worried about this question has sort of encountered the same thing on the nanny side of like having almost clarify like the difference between a nanny and a babysitter and a nanny (laughs) time job and it's really it can be emotionally taxing and it can be physically taxing and it's intense and and um yeah so my only experience with having to sort of defend my career choices has
1: been on the nanny side um same actually I've done that one as well but I also When I get to present that I'm a nanny, people are like, oh, oh, they're like, "Mm, okay, whatever. That's not so exciting. (laughs) And I'm like, it is the most incredible job and opportunity and privilege that I've ever had to be welcomed into people's homes and lives to help raise their children. That's huge. Huge. And I take it very seriously. And I read parenting books and I don't have (gasps) kids. I'm right. th- I just work with them and I take it very seriously because I'm like, one day you're going to be in therapy and I want my name to come up as little as possible. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> right. If it's not in the same sentence as safe space, then, you know, I, yeah, I want it to go as little <laughs> as possible. Yeah, totally have followed like all of the parenting accounts for years and years and years saying up to date, yeah. uh, whatever. And Yeah, it's such, it is such an intimate job, both doula work and nanny work. It's so intimate and it's so intense and you do have to take it seriously and it should be taken
1: seriously. And Oh, absolutely. These are some of the largest points in people's lives. Having a baby is huge. Somebody's birth is one of the things that they will remember up until they're old people in beds one day. Mm Um. And having children and newborns, like I have never met a parent who doesn't talk to me about the first few months of their baby's lives. So all of the doula work and you even go up to like there's doulas that go up to death doula, but I'm specifically talking about like birth and postpartum doulas. That Mm. is a very, very serious part of somebody's life that is very formative for everybody involved. Yeah. And it is serious. So Position yourself as an expert, position yourself that this is serious and it should not be looked at as lesser than any career. Now, there's a lot of careers where you're just putting numbers into a computer all day. Oh, like if that's a legitimate career, then so is forming somebody's entire life and experience and helping yeah. to guide them. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Just like witnessing
0: a whole life start. <laughs> like no big deal. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. So <laughs> Position yourself as an expert, and this is your career, this is serious, give it the weight that it deserves, and if it is just a hobby to you, it's a very, very privileged hobby to be in, so it still shouldn't be looked as lesser than at that point either.
0: Yeah, absolutely agreed, well said. All right, so next question, do you have any tips on moving from full-time work with benefits to the instability of on-call and self-employment?
1: Yeah. So the benefits I definitely talked about, like get an independent, I don't know what the exact terms are, but like find one where you like do it yourself, like life insurance and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my tip, honestly, I haven't transitioned out of being a full-time nanny yet. Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, and I don't think you as a new doula should put the pressure on yourself to become a full-time doula overnight. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. You'll burn yourself out really, really fast. You'll lose the joy very quickly. And doula work is already an industry that burns out really fast because it's Mm -hmm. such a giving role and it's on call all the time. It's a completely unique lifestyle. So don't feel like you need to take it all on overnight and transition from one full-time job to another. My biggest recommendation would be to talk with your current employers um, and discuss like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I would love your support because at some point I might need to leave or whatever the case is, like set those expectations, those boundaries, have those conversations, what that looks like to everybody, make sure everybody's still being respected because they're your employer. They pay your current bills. They deserve to be respected. And you also deserve to be respected because you show up, you help them with whatever it is that they are hiring you for. And you're a person with your own dreams and they should be respecting you. So it's a, it's a two-way street. So talk with your employer, set those expectations. If your employer isn't on board with that, maybe look into other jobs within that field or a different field, figure out how to pay your bills um, that way. And slowly take on like a client here, a client there, slowly dip your toes in the water, feel it out. And my also biggest recommendation would be to hire a backup doula. If you're not working within an agency and you're independent, hire a backup network with people, find people you align with. I have an amazing friend. We text each other every single day. We met online, we're both doulas in the city and we text each other every single day. We love each other and she's my backup. And so if I'm at work and I really can't leave, I call her and she's able to figure out if she's able to go or not. And so that gives me some peace of mind knowing Maybe I won't be at the birth for the first three hours. Maybe I need to stay at work until work is done, but then I will be there and you can go home, my favorite backup, and then I will be there until I need to be. And you just communicate it with your employers and you set those boundaries and those expectations.
0: Yeah, same page. I have not transitioned to full-time doula work either. And um, so I have a full-time job and when I was hired for this full-time job, I in my interviews said, also to be noted, I'm a birth doula. Birth happens at all and any time of the day or night. And so this means that I could potentially have to take some days off randomly with little notice. Are you okay with that? And allowing them to say, no, I'm not cool with that. Sorry, that doesn't work. Um, I interviewed with a couple of different nanny families where they were like, "Eh, I don't know if I'm comfortable with having, um, with, with potentially suddenly not having childcare. And that's totally fair. Like, again, uh, working as a nanny for five years, I like totally get that. Even preface with, if you're not cool with this, I get it. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, it's not personal. It's just what everybody's looking for.
0: Yes. And if you, and if you want to feel concrete in your childcare or whatever the job is, and you're not comfortable with that, totally fair, totally understandable. That said, it is like a boundary that I need to be met or a need that I need to be met because I'm passionate about this and would like to eventually transition. And so um, I was really fortunate enough to find an office job with a small business that allows me to work and then if I have to take a couple days off or take a day off and some sleep time then they're flexible. Um, not every employer like I said is going to be down but if it's something that is really important to you to be able to do this work then maybe you do fish around do a couple different interviews and find someone in some business that is that can be flexible.
1: Absolutely. A hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. It's <laughs> like dating. You got to find the right match. <laughs> right. You don't right. just take anybody because they like buy you dinner. No, you find the right person <laughs> who aligns with you, supports you and you align with them and support them.
0: Yes, absolutely. Very cool. So next question, how do you get clients as an independent doula?
1: Oh yes. The big question. I would also love one. to know there's a secret sauce for this because mm-hmm. I would utilize it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I think it just, it comes with time. You got to put yourself out there. There's also busier and less busier seasons as a doula. We all know that uh, once it gets cold, people snuggle up a little bit more. Babies start coming mm-hmm. later, like around like fall. And yeah. so we know like there's going to be slower and busier seasons. So just go with it, roll with it, put yourself out there. I personally love, I started my social media as a way to market, but primarily to network with other people in the community. And I have discovered some really, really cool opportunities networking and meeting people. And so get yourself out there, get into the community, align with the people in your community and make sure that you are the first person they think of when someone's looking for a doula, they're like, oh, I know this person, and here's their information. And then you have also a social media presence where, or a website or whatever it is that you're comfortable with, where somebody can go and check it out and make sure. So that's my number one thing is create a presence for yourself. Because once you do that, opportunities will eventually start to find you. The other one is to just ask sometimes we all kind of know and it depends to like who you know, and what phase of your life you're in. But I'm definitely at a phase in my life where people are starting to have babies. And so sometimes you just got to put yourself out there and ask. And I think that that's a really scary thing to do for everybody. And the thing I tell myself every time I'm afraid to do that is, look, you're not asking something outlandish. You're asking to support somebody through a very vulnerable moment in their life. And maybe they don't know that that support even exists. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't know that that's something you'd be interested in. Maybe they're afraid to ask you for that or to start that conversation. So never feel like you're sleazy or out of line for saying, hey, I would love to support you and I would love to take a look or talk about, I guess, what that looks like. So I think having the confidence to say that and know that this is is your job, this is your passion, this is your profession, and as long as you're coming at it with the desire to genuinely help people and be there for people, people are going to feel that and they'll decide what they want or what they don't want and again it's nothing personal it's somebody's birth <laughs> like yeah. it's just about what they want and it's right. nothing personal to you
0: yeah absolutely it is like the putting yourself out there and even the networking can be overwhelming um mm-hmm. like in my area of raleigh the doula sphere is pretty saturated but still networking and meeting people and connecting with people who are sort of outside of that. I think the competition mindset sort of sets in with some folks, or at least you start to feel the vibe that, okay, like maybe we're not necessarily on the same page. Um, It can be intimidating Mm -hmm. and scary to reach out to someone who's pregnant and say, hey, do you, can I like be your doula? But back to uh, one of the questions beforehand of, like, you may be setting the tone for what doula work even is. Doula work is still not necessarily mainstream. And so, like you said, maybe they have no idea that the support even exists and you bring it up and they're like, yeah, <laughs> yes, please. I would love some support and education and, and uh, another voice and set of hands in the room with me. Um mm-hmm. Getting a getting clients independently does look different from coming through an agency. Um, it does. The agency life is definitely different in that the agency itself is doing a majority of the marketing. They're also doing a majority of the fielding of inquiries, and then it has its pros and cons. Where it you know you get funneled a potential inquiry and then you have your consult and then whatever they take care of the back end so the pros are like you don't necessarily have to do that part um mm-hmm. but it's yeah it, the the offside of it is that yeah you don't those slow seasons there are other doulas in your agency so the slow seasons are gonna it's gonna be scarce for everyone um similar to how like it would be scarce as a as an independent doula, but at least you're not like sharing the consults fielding of questions, if that makes sense. Um,
1: oh yeah, totally. And that's just it too. There's so many ways to practice it as a doula independently in an agency. There's also, I don't know if you guys have this in the States, but collectives, do you guys do collectives? Um, Potentially in some areas.
0: I don't really, okay. think we do collectives in my particular area, but OK, yeah,
1: it's a collectives too are like one of these like hidden things where like you're like, oh, you don't really know that they exist until like you're in the in crowd and somebody tells you that it's a collective kind of thing. And I was like, I didn't think we had any collectives. Turns out we have a ton here. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the difference would be like agency Yeah, really takes care of like that business. And you're more or less kind of like an employee who shows up and does the job, which, oh, my gosh, the peace of mind would be wonderful for that. So maybe <laughs> that is something that's right for, you know, one doula, but not for another independent is you are your own boss you're running your own game you're doing it all it's a lot of work and that's currently what I'm doing and it's a lot (laughs) Um, but then a collective is kind of like this middle ground where you are a collective of doulas a bunch of you align with each other you're all equal partners and it's not an employee situation you all work independently but you all work together Mm -hmm. and together you like find clients and some people do like that that kind of more like business structure where they know that there's like a bunch of doulas who are available maybe when they go into labor and maybe that's like a nice insurance policy for them. So there's like some different levels, like you can be independent, collective agency, it's all along a spectrum of how you wanna find clients and and the pros and cons to each option. So it's totally just that. And yeah, be confident, ask people, put yourself out there, network, get around, talk to the people who are talking to the people who are pregnant. Personal trainers, dietitians, mm-hmm. massage therapists, so yes. many. <laughs> yeah, chiropractors, pelvic floor physiotherapists, midwives, uh, all of it. Just talk to people, and first start with trying to connect with people. You don't ever want to align yourself with somebody who you hate or who you don't agree with on a fundamental level. So just get out there, talk to people, figure out who you like, and then eventually will just naturally align with each other and ask them be like hey I would love to refer you if you'd love to refer me yeah
0: absolutely it is a teamwork kind of situation for sure
1: it is yeah long-winded answer but I think I liked what you gave I liked what I gave so that was like really good
0: <laughs> yes yeah agreed because there are I mean getting clients is is a very it's huge. it's huge and it's it's a question that I think all of us come to at some point, if not immediately and constantly. (laughs) Um, It's a big question. Yes. Like the whole reason why we get into this work is to support people and to support people, you have to find those people. Um, (laughs) And so, yes. Yeah. There are so many different ways to get clients, so many different ways to function and work as a doula. Um, Yeah. I like that was a, that was a good little spiel, I think. Um, (laughs) So becoming a new doula and stepping into this work and knowing that there are so many doulas who are already sort of here and there are so many experts in this field how do you feel competent and confident as a new doula
1: yeah so competent um I I don't know about the states I know that here in Canada you don't um we're not regulated as doulas Mm -hmm. so that means that we get to work for our clients and not for anybody else, which is yep. great. So there's some pros and cons to that. Um, and one of the cons being that it's not required to have any formal training to be a doula. And that can also be a pro, but the con I'm specifically talking about here is that maybe you are not competent. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't know all the information. So that's fine. None of us were bored knowing how to do it. So take some workshops sign up for some things look into all that i know that Dona does like weekend workshops go to one of those test it out um go to a birth class that kind of thing like just teach yourself figure it out join like do a certification program if that's something that you're able to do and want to do that's what i did um yeah so become competent in that you know your stuff um and whether that's also just working in your community maybe you are in a really beautiful community and you get to be exposed to that kind of work on a regular basis and learn from people who've gone before you do that so that's like the competence side know your stuff the confidence and stuff at the end of the day a doula works because somebody feels a certain way around you you could be the most competent doula in the room with all of the years of experience but if somebody hates you They're not going to have a good experience with you and you're not going to be the doula for them. Or you could be the newest doula in the room, feel totally like humbled to be there and kind of scared. But for some reason, somebody just loves having your presence Mm -hmm. and you're going to be the best doula in the world. That's all it takes. All of the like competencies, qualifications, experience. Those are all the bells and whistles that are amazing opportunities and help aid you in your practice. But Mm -hmm. the foundational one is, does your client like you and do you like your client? That's all it takes. So be confident knowing that if somebody likes you, you're meant to be there and your presence alone is all that they need. And you just roll with it. You let yourself figure it out. You let yourself know that you don't have to be perfect. You just have to show up and do your best. And that a lot of the time that's enough. So I think that that's, yeah, that's how I would answer that question. Just believe in yourself and know also that there no such thing as competition in of work, even in a saturated market, because Mm -hmm. one client is going to love someone else and they're going to hate somebody else. And I I don't believe in the possibility of stealing anybody's clients. And I don't believe anybody can steal my clients because Mm -hmm. I'm the only me in the world. Mm. No one else offers what I offer. No one else feels the same way that they feel around me. So I don't believe in competition. I believe that I'm just here to exist and do my own practice. And if there's a person who's pregnant, birthing postpartum that aligns with that and feels safe with me and likes what I have to offer, that's it. Yeah, the game. Yeah,
0: I love that. That's amazing. Um, Definitely like, On the competency side, yeah, we're not regulated either. You don't have to go through a certification course. um, And for some folks, like, that fits. And that is, Mm -hmm. that makes more sense. Or maybe, like, the courses that are offered don't really totally align. And so it doesn't just feel right. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe, like, you me from personal experience, I felt like I had a lot of knowledge about birth, had a lot of knowledge about how to support people emotionally, but I wanted more tools for supporting mm. people physically, supporting people and and translating medical jargon. And like, I, I wanted just some more tools. And so I took a training. Um, the confidence can come with time. It definitely is like a, okay, i jive with this person this family and i our energies match and align they feel safe with me i feel good with them and tapping in and almost allowing yourself to be confident and allowing yourself to feel like the expert in the room and maybe that grows over time for me it's grown over time it's i've needed to get my hands in there to come out of it and feel like okay yeah doula like i'm a doula and and i get to rock that title and wear it proudly and tell people and feel like really confident and amazing in it um oh yeah own it yeah i think like be patient with yourself and don't allow the pressures from everywhere to to get
1: overwhelming just give yourself time to settle in and be absolutely you. Absolutely. You can just be you at the end of the day. That's all it takes. Yeah. The confidence will absolutely come with time and yeah, practical things. You're not the only one with them, hopefully, unless something's going really fast. There's usually healthcare providers around who have a ton of experience. If you are a new doula, just say, Hey, I'm new. What can you teach me? How do you like to work with doulas? The other thing is there's a lot of healthcare providers who don't like doulas. So you have this really op, really great opportunity to say, Hey, I'm new. Like, can you like, tell me kind of like how you like to work with doulas and that kind of thing. And they'll let you in on how they feel and they'll give you tips and tricks. And a lot of medical professionals like students and that they get to kind of help form you because that yeah. means that they get to work with you and see a certain level of care. And so I know that when I was a student nurse, a lot of the the nurses who were established in there, if I just was like, yeah, I'm a student, like, teach me, tell me, educate me, wise owl, like, tell me everything. And they're Mm -hmm. like, absolutely, I'll tell you everything. So do it the same way as a a doula, just say, I would love to learn, teach me. Yeah. I mean, obviously don't do that in a high pressure moment, but like, (laughs) when the opportunity is there, like, definitely, and just observe. I've learned so much from just observing what all the healthcare providers
0: are doing Mm
1: -hmm. and why
0: yeah yeah and and sort of being that listening ear on the conversations in the hallway or like off in the corner and piecing the puzzles together and yeah putting yourself out there and being patient yeah absolutely (laughs) so getting into the doula work our last question here um how do you do prenatal visits what does that look like for you
1: yeah. Okay. Everybody's totally different. I'm independent. Mm-hmm. So I get to, to be my own boss here. I, nobody ever actually taught me how to do a prenatal. I basically just blindly went through the dark and I was like, I guess this is what I'm doing. I have no idea if this is correct or not. That's just what I do. I personally, with my business, I decided to unpack like the package of being a doula. So typically when you hire a doula, you get like one or two prenatals, you get the birth attendance, you get the like one postpartum visit, like if we're specifically talking about birth doula. And I knew that I wanted to break those meetings and those services apart so that people could mix and match services. Mm. So if somebody with me wants to do 50 prenatal visits, we will do 50 prenatal visits. I mean, I have a fee, but if you want to pay it and do it, sure, sure we can do that. Or if you wanna do um, like a ton of postpartum, like whatever it is, I allow people to kind of structure that how they want. And what I did was I actually made a quiz and I make my clients do a quiz that kind of highlights to me certain areas that they're more focused on or there's some gaps in. And then I go through and I make a prenatal meeting specific to them. And then I'm not sitting there asking them a ton of questions. I already know their answers and I already know how I want to like structure the meeting. I make a little slideshow. We talk about things and it's just completely customized to them. And if there's a ton of things that they not want to talk about, then I'll be like, okay, we might need to do more than one meeting because this is going to be information overload. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I do it. And it's just totally customized to each person and the only prenatal that I require is a birth experience plan so really going over like the comfort measures of birth we're not talking anything medical we're literally just talking comfort measures and then send me your rough like birth plan like hard no hard yes to like epidural that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um just so that I know in the moment so I can like make you aware of it and yeah so the only thing I require is like how do I support you because if you don't want me massaging you a certain way then I want to know that before we're in that moment Mm -hmm. so that's the only thing but I won't do any postpartum planning or anything like that unless somebody actually wants to do that meeting
0: interesting that's a really interesting um like setup I like the idea of customizing it I think it's it can be really valuable for like Second-time parents too, who are like, "Yeah, I get this part, but I want to talk about this. Exactly <laughs> this experience. This is what I needed more information on." Um, yeah, that's really interesting, and I think it's really cool that you're able to structure it the way that feels right for you and feels right for your client. Um, on my end, like coming through an agency, we all kind of work in this in the similar or in the same. We we have like, so we have a, a folder that has all kinds mm-hmm. of information from, right? I love a folder um, that has all kinds of information from like a huge birth preferences packet to here are some like, here's like a packing list for the hospital. Here's like a, um, a couple of reference guides for um, labor techniques, as well as like a postpartum planning guide. So then they kind of got all of this stuff and then we break it up into two prenatal visits. We work in a team structure. So one of us on the team takes a prenatal, the other on the team takes the other prenatal. And the first one is like diving in that birth preferences plan, which all of us kind of have our own way of doing this too, where we kind of have the lead way to say, okay, so maybe you are a second time parent and you've already been through this stuff let me in on the highlights of what I need to know and then okay this stuff the induction methods we will dive into a little deeper because you want more information and so 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 kind of working with them more in the moment um Mm -hmm. diving into what they want to dive into and then the second prenatal is like talking through postpartum planning and setting up your home and how are you going to feed yourself and making sure that priorities are in place and then also moving through your home and showing you some labor positions and techniques and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I I think that it is totally different for every doula and different for every structure and the way that you come into doula work. and. I find your structure to be really cool and really (laughs) love how like personalized and and customized it is. I think that's, I think that's epic.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I had no idea what I was doing. So I was like, this is just what I'm doing. (laughs) This feels right. We're going to go with it.
0: I think that's a lot of dual
1: work. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's completely (laughs) just intuitive. So I was like, well, this is what we're doing," uh, you know, if you're working with somebody who's had like three kids or whatever, obviously like you don't really need to do postpartum planning. You don't need to like go into all the nitty gritty of certain things. Like they've done this before. So unless they're specifically asking, I'm like, okay, just like, let me know what your plan is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like you said, how can I support you? Does that show how to, do, do you get hangry? Like how can oh, yeah. I to to support you in this moment. And if you are a, third-timer than, like, what happened last time that we can learn
1: from? um. Oh, yeah, talking about, like, everybody's experiences, their goals. I would say with prenatals, too, my number one uh, thing that we talk about first are goals, Mm -hmm. because I think that it's important to, like, have something to ground yourself to during the process, and I don't mean goals, like, I would like to have a vaginal delivery. I mean, I want to be connected to my partner during this,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. like, I'm talking about intrinsic goals that are attainable, that are grounding, that bring you peace, that no matter how it goes, at the end, you can be like, okay, I met at least one of my three goals. And because I had control over that goal, nothing could take that from me. So, those are like some of the things that we talk about. And then, yeah, a lot of comfort measures. And I want to know, like, Is this a certain position that's going to be triggering for you? Is this type of touch or massage going to be triggering for you? Is this type of comforting language going to be triggering for you? So trying to like ask very like on the down low, like in a very like subtle way, what somebody's past experiences could be. And knowing when you get into that room, how you can actually support them. And a lot of people sometimes are like, we'll just go with the flow. And I'm like, great. I love a good flow. You can plan all you want, but in the moment, like if you don't want to be on your hands and knees, you want to be in some other position, then that's just what your body's going to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like tapping into their own intuition. And as doulas, we're able to be there and sort of feel out the atmosphere and feel out where they're comfortable and what feels right. And, um, yeah, so that's the other thing I would probably note for prenatals is like, they're very important for getting to know your client and getting to know, your client getting to know you and kind of having some preparation and background. Mm-hmm. And also in the moment, like a lot of the things in the prenatals might go out the window.
1: Every time I make like a plan and like everything, I, it gets thrown out the window and I've literally attended um, births without my doula bag. Or anything. All I had was like the clothes I was wearing. So yeah. you will find a way. The main thing at prenatals mm-hmm. is to just understand your client and yeah. your relationship and how you're going to show up the day of. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Take the pressure off.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Amazing. So yeah, those are some really great questions. I'm I'm grateful to you for uh, putting a little question box out there. I think connecting like that and being able to answer some questions from your following is so valuable and important um you know it's Thanks. they giving them a moment to also participate and and get those questions answered like yes amazing I love yeah
1: that. I have a ton of people in my dms and comments who ask uh, like they want to get to do the work or they're new mm-hmm. so that's kind of where this whole thing I know when we discuss like what do we want to talk about on this episode
0: mm-hmm. that was one
1: of the things I knew I wanted to talk about Um, so if there's anybody listening who has more questions, feel free to slide into my DMs, ask me questions. Um, I'm sure Ashton would be open as well. Yes, absolutely. Send me some questions if you want to
0: connect. And I'm always happy to like give advice and, and touch base. And, um, I think the beauty of this episode too, is like you and I have different, we're functioning in the different like areas of doula work. And so Mm -hmm. Your answers to questions may be different from my answers to questions, and both are valid and both make sense and both uh, sort of meet different people where they're at. Um, but yeah, absolutely, I'm always open to the DMs. <laughs> yeah, just volunteer you for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm all I'm all about it. Super into it. <laughs> Cool. So coming on back to you as we reach our our wrap up. What is the biggest highlight of your career so far?
1: Oh my gosh, just being in this career is yeah. a highlight. It's like finally being here. I I put my dreams on the back burner for so long. You know, I wanted to be doing this at 17 years old. I wanted to be a midwife. I wanted to be in birth work at 17 years old. I knew that something in birth work. Um, and now I'm 26. It's almost a decade later and I'm finally doing it. I'm finally here. I, I just found out that I graduated school and became certified before Christmas. So I'm so new. So being here is a dream come true. This is the highlight. Um, I love that I get to be on a podcast. That's super cool. (laughs) Like I feel honored. This is a highlight like for sure. Um, and there's been so many amazing just opportunities in my community and projects and networking and marketing and clients who welcomes me into their spaces. It's all just so overwhelming. I feel so grateful. It's all I can talk about. My poor fiance just gets an earful of like everything every day. <laughs>
0: <Same>. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, whether she wants it or not. Like I'm like, we're just gonna be talking about me and my life um, for the next little while here. <laughs> this is my time. <laughs>
0: Poor girl. Yes. She also is
1: like completely like put off by birth. She turns green. Oh no. she-
0: <laughs> Isn't that funny? I would say yes, my fiance is the same. And I think, I think it's so funny that I like, he knows way more about placentas and birth than he ever planned to. And so I just think it's funny how we somehow find these people and they're like, <laughs> can you not you know like i don't need to know about how beautiful the veins were on that placenta like and and we're like diving into it like let me tell you
1: about all of the things so yeah oh my gosh i love that you also have a partner that's like oh great thank you my poor fiance like i'll i think the other thing too and you'll be able to relate and a lot of birth workers can relate if you have social media if you go on your social media there's going to be a lot of just Here's birth. Linus. Here's a body. Yeah. part. Here's an, here's an incision. Like I will just open it up and there'll be no like Instagram content warning. There's no trigger warning. There's nothing. It's just instantly like we're, we're doing a C-section now. Here's a placenta. Here's like a vagina birthing a baby crowning. Yes. Like There's fluid just going everywhere. Like yeah. it's incredibly graphic. I love it. I love on it. And she's sitting next to me and I just, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just going to scroll casually. And she just happens to look over my shoulder. She's like leaning over like, oh God. <laughs> she's
0: like. We're
1: she like- <laughs> Every time I open Instagram. Yeah. I, if for anyone listening Ashton like had her phone up like close to her chest, like trying to hide like, like- you do As a teenager when you're texting your crush. <laughs> um, yeah. That's kind of how we have to go on social media now.
0: <laughs> yes. Which again, like I log on and I love it. I'm like, yeah, placentas, yeah, birth. Oh my gosh, that position is so cool. Well, look at that baby's head, like amazing. And yes, uh, when you're in public, you're kind of like, turn the brightness down. Yeah, turn the pictures
1: down. <laughs>
0: yeah, like just being really, you know, mindful of everyone else around you. But then I think it's so funny when we get into a room with another birth worker or like on a podcast with another birth worker, all we can talk about, like it's our time to really,
1: Dad. finally because you have to censor yourself in everyday yeah. life it's such a like a taboo topic it also yeah. makes people really uncomfortable and it can be a really queasy topic for some people uh like my fiance and that sounds like mm-hmm. your fiance as well yes <laughs> so finally like being and like also our loved ones they go to like normal nine to five jobs <laughs> right. so it's not often that I get to like just speak freely about mm-hmm. everything it's so every time I'm in a room with a birth worker I'm like oh Okay. I don't need to like censor myself. I get to just like breathe and like we get to talk (laughs) about all the dirty stuff. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I love it all. My poor fiance. But yeah, all of it is a highlight right now for me. I'm on cloud nine. I'm just trying to hold on to this like fucking bull and stay on and like start this career because I know if I let go, it's just, that's it. I'll have to like try to get back up again.
0: So I'm trying to just keep going. Yes. Yes, I love it. I have to agree, like the highlight is every birth. <laughs> it's like oh, every yeah. ba- ba- baby born, every parent
1: born. It's ah, uh, it's all amazing. So oh, nothing beats that that like yes. birth how you get when you leave after like a good birth and everything went like really well. Leaving and being like, Yeah, that's why I do this. Yes. Like, it just feels right. Like you don't leave. You leave exhausted, but like you don't leave like a typical job where you're like, oh god I just want to go home and like watch tv and like zone out like Mm -hmm. you're gonna be tired but you're gonna be like but wow do I feel fulfilled
0: yes exactly it's such an interesting feeling to like be driving home and you are exhausted Mm -hmm. so energized like why am I also fully like wide awake and reliving this and basking? like it's like euphoric it's amazing it
1: is totally it's yeah it's the best feeling
0: so good every time so over your course of arriving here from 17 and knowing you wanted to be in the space to actually being here has this work changed anything about your beliefs your approach um or you
1: as a as a whole person Mm. I feel like it's, it's like a bittersweet for sure. There's like that sense of like belonging and excitement and fulfillment and passion and all those wonderful, beautiful things. And then there's also being challenged by people in the birth community who maybe see things very differently than you see. And that can be really challenging um, emotionally to do. Um, There's just like a lot that like comes with it as well, where it's like, this is really fun and this is really beautiful, but also, my my personal truth and my conviction is not the universal conviction and the universal truth. Mm-hmm. And so learning to be okay with that, learning that not everyone's gonna agree with you, not everybody's gonna like you, not everybody's gonna to wanna to hire you, not everyone's gonna be aligned with you, all these different things where you're like, okay, I guess I'm not the greatest thing to walk earth. That that's a shock. <laughs> <laughs> come on down off that. Just come back down to earth. <laughs> It's, like, it's finally like you're in this space where you're like, oh, I'm so happy to be here. Wow, I'm, I'm living my dream and my potential. And people are like, okay, but like, you're not that great. I'm like, yeah. oh, cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely like a bittersweet moment. But I, I do think the lessons and like being able to start that process, I think that every young adult does in their own way of coming to terms with, you don't have to have everybody like you. You don't have to agree with everybody. Everybody can just exist go your separate ways kind of thing Um, and learning to set those boundaries. I know even like on my Instagram, if people are sending like hate comments, block, delete, Mm -hmm. silence your voice. I'm not engaging with this. I do not have the space and time. You're not here to learn. You're here to hate stuff like that. So learning a lot of boundaries, learning to like, if you're an independent doula, and also just really any kind of doula you're 24 seven, 7 your own call all the time, you're responding to clients, you're doing business processes, you know, it's Sunday morning and I'm not having breakfast with my fiance, I'm on a work call. Mm-hmm. And I love this work call, but like it's also a professional life thing. So learning yeah. to like, at certain points, turn your phone off, set things down, that kind of a thing and create boundaries between like work and your personal life because this work will very quickly sink its way into everything and that's beautiful, but it's also exhausting. So those are the things that I've been learning is I love myself. Now everybody has to love myself, me, Mm -hmm. myself, and Mm -hmm. uh, boundaries. Those are kind of the main key things. And also, if anybody has an iPhone, just turn your phone on do not disturb and put your clients as like the people, set them as the people who are able to get through on do not disturb. And you will thank me later because, oh my God, it's so nice to just be able to unplug and know that if somebody's coming through, it's because- your uncle
0: (laughs) yes right 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 being able to to completely I think that that setting is really valuable because you're able to just relax and then if your phone rings then you're like all right we're going we're going but if Mm -hmm. if you're not like I don't know and without that setting every ring is I'm always like okay it's just my aunt (laughs) or like okay just just my dad like all right we're cool um so yes I want to second that for sure
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's the best one. My fiance yeah. taught me that one. I'm horrible with technology. I my my main example of how bad I am with technology lately is the last month, a month or two ago, I had to Google how to turn my iPhone off. <laughs> um so it just if I can run a business, you can run a business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the best setting she's ever taught me. I was like, hey, Riley, you know, you can just put this on. Do not disturb. I'm like, oh, but what about my clients? And she's like, here, I'm going to show you how to set them so that they can get through. And I was like, wow, what a lot. Ah,
0: cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because when you're going through like the new iPhone setup, you just click, oh, okay, skip the tutorial, like move on. Skip it all, figure that's it out fine. later. Whatever. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Well, so I will have socials and websites and all of the things linked in the description but just so it's a voice where can people find you and connect with you
1: absolutely so my website is babystepscanada.com you can find me on instagram baby underscore steps underscore canada um, and that's the only social media that i'm on right now and so that's where you can find me and yeah that's it Awesome. Very cool. Do you have
0: anything coming up for you that you want to share professionally, personally, or just riding the
1: birth wave? Riding the wave. So many amazing community projects that people have asked me to be a part of, which I'm like, I'm sorry, what you want me? I I just graduated. I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm new. What? (laughs) So some like amazing things where people are like, oh yeah. You you will do. And I'm like, cool. I'll just I'll just fake it till I make it. Yeah. Um, so, so some really amazing opportunities that I'm very humbled and grateful to be a part of. And then this summer I'm finally getting married, so that's also huge. Yeah. i finished finish all the wedding planning.
0: Oh my gosh, which is like a job in and of itself. So that's amazing.
1: Yeah. And
0: anyone who finds you on social media will be like grace with so much information. I really love your content. And um, yeah, so I will be keeping an eye out for those community projects. and um, also, congratulations to you and your upcoming Thank one. You. And I know that will be amazing. Thank you so, so much for joining me and for sharing your wisdom and doing this little Q and a. I think that was amazing, and I'm
1: excited to share. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Awesome. Thank you for listening to the overreaction. You can check out the episode description to find show notes that includes links to anything that was mentioned in today's episode, as well as our Instagram link where you can head on over and submit your story to be shared here via DMs, If you're enjoying this podcast, I would be so honored for you to subscribe, leave a review, download some episodes, or send some to a friend that you know would enjoy it. I hope that you have a wonderful week, and I will see you next Tuesday.